The following is a presentation of the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies, awakening the best in the human spirit. Carolyn Mace was a natural choice for this conference, being fearless, because she's been a fearless explorer of human consciousness for 30 years. Her uh, life path has led her through several careers. She has a bachelor's in journalism, a master's in theology, a PhD in energy medicine, and she's worked in those fields over the years. And many of you know her as a best-selling author of a whole lot of books, including The Anatomy of the Spirit, Why People Don't Heal, Sacred Contracts, and others. One of her unique gifts, and why we love her so much here, is her ability to take research from all of these disciplines, from medicine and mysticism and myth and history and culture and art, and to pare it down to the essential, to the kind of current information that real people, you and me, can metabolize and use in our daily life. And people have come to trust Carolyn Mace because she never stops searching. She didn't just do one thing and stop. She's always out there on the front searching and bringing it back to us so that we can live a braver and stronger and more meaningful life. And I've um, been participating in a lot of of workshops over my years at Omega. They, I might have, it might be illegal how many I have. And I've observed so many teachers over the years, and um, my favorite ones are the ones who aren't interested in gathering all sorts of students, but really in imparting the kind of wisdom that empowers us so we can lead our own lives. And Carolyn is one of those people who do it better than anyone in that no-nonsense, high-voltage way of hers, giving us the kick in the you-know-where to, to get off our tape loop and really go out there and live the life we were meant to live. So we're thrilled to have her back with us. Please welcome Carolyn Mace. So I want to tell you about this experiment that I tried with this group of people in, in London last autumn. It was so much fun. I said to them, first of all, here's a question. I'm just going to toss it out, and I want you to ponder it. I hope it haunts you. And that's, what's your favorite fear? Come on. What's your favorite one? Your companion fear. The one you pull out the most. You've got one. What's your pet fear? Have you ever thought about that? You know, I really realized, I used to have a lot of compassion for, as a matter of fact, you could just put a period at the end of that statement. I used to have a lot of, but, <laughs> but, I still do. But um, when I looked at why people don't heal, I, it never occurred to me that people would use their fears to be as manipulative as the power gizmos and gadgets that they are. I used to assume, and I never have any more, that everybody would want to be as healthy or as buoyant or as present as you could possibly be in your lifetime. 
that everybody would want to maximize all that you really could be. What would you be doing at a conference like this if that's not what, in your heart of hearts, you ache to be, if not your fullest potential? Because something is at work deep in your soul. You've got some ache deep within you that will not let you rest, that is relentless, or you wouldn't be here. It's not just that the subject matter is interesting or that the faculty is magnificent, though the faculty is the wonderful people that Omega gathers and they run a superb conference. But aside from that, there's something going on deep inside of you that is relentless, that will simply not let you go. Now, what is that? What is that thing? And I've, I've, I've taken such a deep look into human beings and into our, our nature, into the way we construct ourselves. And it really, from the time I took a look at why people don't heal, which was the first time I really took a real good look at our paradoxical nature, because up until that time, I thought, well, of course a person would want to be healthy and dynamic. It was the first time I thought I saw the manipulative side of the human being, about how much we actually are afraid to be without fear, that our greatest fear might well be to be without fear, that our greatest fear might well be to be empowered, that that actually could be the biggest fear we have, and that all the other things are fearettes. <laughs> okay? But that the biggest fear, and we have to take a real good look at that, is actually the fear of becoming a healthy and empowered person, that in fact we're actually very terrified of that. So that when you you know when we talk about like what you call like low grade fears, the fear of being alone, the fear of that, yet yeah, that 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 that. Okay, fine. The fear of failure. Oh, please. And the fear of all that. You know, those are fearettes. <laughs> but the biggie, the biggie, is the most absurd, which is the fear of being healthy and empowered, self confident, with a little bit of self esteem. Because what would happen if actually you were like that? What would happen if you actually really had your internal mechanism going so that you had that kind of dynamic at work within you? You would have to change a whole format on the way you ran your life. And if, you, if I just gave you a homework assignment, if, we, if I had to for extra time, and I would say, here's your homework assignment. I want you to go home and write down your 25 best excuses. Why you don't do what you should do. Why, what the reasons are that you allow yourself to postpone the things you know you should do. What are they? And how often are the excuses you give yourself to postpone listening, for example, to guidance or listening to 
what you know, you sh- how you should operate in terms of relationships with other people, how often do you, at the end of the day, rely on fear as your reason and excuse that you tell yourself uh, in postponing it? How often? Now, if you were empowered, if you really felt good about yourself, you wouldn't have that excuse, medicine chest. Your life would be so very, very different. It would fly at such a different altitude, and that is terrifying. That is what I really think we're the most afraid of, is what we could be if we didn't have fear, is our empowered self. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I think that's. I think that that's actually. So here, in, I was in overseas, uh, and so I was talking to people in this one workshop, and I said to them, "Well, so how many of you like have this feeling?" And I did this today in, in this workshop I did. So I'm going to throw this question out: and How many of you have this feeling like you are supposed to be doing something, but you don't quite know what it is, and you but you just know it, know it, know it? Any of you? Okay, so here's part two of that. Now, how come you're not? How come you're not? Are you going to tell me fear? Come on. How many would answer some version of fear? Just a few of you? I'm not going anywhere, neither are you, and I won't talk anymore unless you answer my questions. All right, so let me be, all right. So let's say that there are at least three of you out there who would admit... If the lights were gone and I wasn't looking at you, that fear is what you tell yourself is the reason why you don't pursue or listen to the guidance that's coming through you to move forward with your life. Is that a fair statement? Okay, now here's what I said to this group. Okay, all right, let's play this game. Let's imagine for, for a few minutes that all fear consequences are suspended. Let's just say that I want you to use your imagination that all the fears that you anticipate, the fear of being alone, it's usually money, money's the biggie, the fear of being broke, the fear of being broke, the fear of having no money, and the fear of being broke. (laughs) Then there's the fear of being alone, but only if the person has money so that you're not broke. (laughs) Ladies. I would love to run one of those dating services where we told the truth. Looking for someone. Well, not really. (laughs) However. (laughs) All right, come back to this. Now then. So I said to this group, I'm going to suspend all fear consequences. Just for this experiment, just for this exercise, I'm going to tell you that all of your fears, the fear of being alone, the fear of being broke, the fear of being uh, criticized, all of your many fears, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. You want a pension plan from God and all your guarantees? Done. All right.
bingo. <laughs> All right. Irish Catholic? <laughs> yeah, she is. That is so classic. Don't you be moving now, right? Okay. Just, all right then. I'll find a saint for you. Don't worry about it. We got some in All right, so. But, now wait a minute. So now I got this whole audience, and they're all like this. Okay, all your fears are suspended, everything. And I repeated. I said, now, did you hear what I said? Every, there, I, just imagine that I wiped out for this exercise all your fears. Now. What would you choose now? What would you do? What would you do now if, in fact, there was a guarantee that the consequences you're so terrified of were never going to happen? The fears, everything would be fine. Now what would you choose? Go ahead, choose, say it. Do you know nobody said anything? No, no, no. Nobody said a thing. Okay. So I pushed a little further, and I said, how come none of you are saying anything? Where are you? That's one, that was one of the most illuminating moments of my life, honest to God. It was just a few months ago. It was positively a moment of illumination when I realized that <clears throat> I'm not sure that we really want our lives to change all that much in terms of when we say things like, I need, I have this feeling I was born to do this and be that, et cetera, et cetera. I think there's a lot of truth to feeling. There is something so much deeper in you that longs to be born. But I no longer believe you should tell yourself you have to go other places to become that. I don't think you have to tell yourself you need to leave your partners or you need to do all of these dramatic things to find, to, to go a little deeper in yourself and to realize what you actually really want to do is just stop being so afraid. That's really what you want. There is a I'm convinced a psychic chemistry that holds people back, and it's so unbelievably burdenous. I was talking to the group this afternoon, and for those of you who were there with me, forgive me for repeating, but it, I need to say this again here, and that's that. Um, last year, or a year before, when it, who cares when? A while somewhere. Um, <laughs> I'm over 50 now. <laughs> I'm in the zone, girls. Um, well, I started to, you know, kind of look at people and realize that a lot of the suffering that I see in people is because they suffer from guidance overload. Okay, And I started to talk a little bit about that this afternoon, but I want to talk about it a little bit more this evening. And that's when you ask for so much guidance, but you do nothing. And the reason you do nothing is you match it. The guidance comes in, and then you pull up your fear, and it has a combustion effect on in your inner life. 
And if you don't think it has a physical consequence, my dears, you are absolutely mistaken because guidance is energy that's alive. When the gods answer your question and you say, what should I do here? And the gods say, quit, start, turn left, marry that person, get out of this, do whatever it is. And you, and you, the guidance comes in and then you think, no, 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 and no. And the guidance comes down and you get it to your third chakra, which is where your sense, where it hits earth fears. See, when it's above the waist, it's not in earth, it's not in matter yet. Thought forms that are above the waist, they're in your mind, they're in your throat, your choice, they're in your heart. These don't, they don't scare you yet. They don't start scaring you till you shove the thought forms into your third, second, and first chakra, chakras, which are your earth thought chakra points. These are, you know, your wallets in your second chakra. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why your lower back pain is financial and, 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 and this, you know, like sciatica is, you know, financial control, physical type of things. You, you don't, like, have sciatica because you're having a spiritual apparition. They're, you're having a financial nightmare. There's a, so you get this guidance, and it comes into you, and you negate it because you don't like what, it, what you have to choose in order to make it come through in the physical world. And what you do to counteract it is you'll pull out a fear. You'll pull out something that from your history. Now, I want you to think about something. How much of your life do you simply live from your morgue? Hmm? How much of you gets up in the morning, and this is what you do. You get up, and while you're you know, getting dressed and all doing that, and you're plotting your day, how much of that day is completely, do you send your spirit, when you're getting up in the morning and plotting your day, how much of your energy do you send into your history first? When you get up, is your first thought historic or present? If you're not distracting yourself through some kind of busy work or conversation, if you just leave your spirit to its own devices, do you wander into some place of appreciation or do you go and fret about something historic? Meaning anything from yesterday to an unpleasant memory from childhood. Where do you go when you're not looking at yourself, in other words? So all of these people, I realize that as you invoke guidance in, just like with those people in England, just like all the people that I've seen in the last couple of years when I realized that we invoke so much guidance, but we never act on it because it causes us to have to challenge the fears, and we don't want our guidance to be practical. We want impractical, mystical, miraculous guidance. In fact, we don't want mystical guidance. What we want is, I have to say this better, we don't want mystical guidance. We want mystical tricks. We really don't want mysticism. We don't want intuition. We want wizardry. 
We want the kind of guidance that allows us to see what tomorrow is so that we'll be perfectly safe. And so unless we have safety nets, we, we got to go find different candles or different meditations or all of this, all, all these other different gizmos and gadgets because essentially we're so uncomfortable taking a risk while saying we have faith. Do you see how we weave ourselves together? Are we not crazy? You see how... how so I ask you something, which is, what is the fear you pull out the most that gives you the most permission to not do what you know you should be doing? I want you to think about that. I want you to think, you know, you don't have to address it this evening, but I would like you at some point, if you really are interested in pushing through your blockade and making a move in your life and moving things forward, that's a question you have to ask. That's an observation you have to start making with yourself because consciousness is about observation. It's about paying attention to yourself and watching why you do what you do in this world. Why do you do that? Why do you use the fears? Why do you say what you say when you, ha when you do? So it's the challenge of paying attention to those dynamics. I think, in some regards, our contemporary spiritual culture has reached a point where we could use a little bit of a um, maturing process. Do you know what I'm saying? Do, do you? In other words, I think that we've had 50 years now, almost 50 years, 40-some 40, 40 years, where we have done a great deal of work looking at a, investigating the psyche, the soul, the spirit, investigating the, the, the deep nature of victim consciousness, investigating how potent fears are and what they, what they do within the human psyche. But have we reached a point now where we have to replace our wishbones with our backbones again? Have we gotten to the point where we've got to start saying, okay, Got it. Now, just because we have fear, just because we may have had difficulties, is that, are those legitimate excuses not to pursue further and not to pursue our highest potential? Are those legitimate excuses? Is fear a legitimate excuse? Really, is it? Or is it just an excuse, but is it a legitimate one? We've made it legitimate is the time now where we should say, you know what, that doesn't count anymore. You've had 25 years of that fear controlling you, the fear of being alone, the fear of being broke, the fear of... Enough, you've used it for 25 years. Try another one out. You've got to stop that. Or else you're going to be one of those people who at the end of her life writes one of those pathetic poems about wearing a purple hat. And, and oh, God, I can't stand that stuff. And I would, I just, if that comes on my internet, delete, delete, delete. Get that junk out of here. You know, and, and I'll, I, I'll wait till I'm, I won't wait till I'm dead. Of course, I'm dying now, but I won't again. If I ever have another chance to live, I'll put a purple hat on. And I'll, oh, I'm going to listen to you. 
Give me somebody who's wearing a purple hat who's healthy. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Now then. It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Don't you ever, ever, ever want to just get out of the psychic prison of fear? Haven't you ever just thought, I can't stand it anymore? Do you realize what a fear, what a prison camp that is? You know, if I thought, what's the most, asked you, what's the most daring thing you've ever, ever done? Or have you always lived cautiously? I was talking this afternoon, and I was saying there's a difference, and I will tell you to put this in your mind, between living your fate and living your destiny. And here's the difference, and this is a real good little thing to keep in mind as a motivation to pierce through the power your fears have over you. Everybody, everybody's lives unfold between the energy patterns, the orbits of fate or destiny. And one way to think or think of the difference is that your life is a train and fate is the caboose and destiny is the engine. So you're going to go where you're going to go on that train. But either you get to drive it and determine so many things by being in the engine or you're going to get dragged by being in the caboose and that's fate. And what determines whether or not your life unfolds in its elements of destiny, which means you live an empowered life, is whether or not you actually have, all you need to do is do this just once. It's a psychic, archetypal, high-voltage, cosmic ritual. Name the one fear that really controls you. Because at the end of the day, it's only really one. Think about the fear of becoming an empowered person and how that would change your life. Because it would. Here are the consequences. One is, if you really became empowered, you would have to reshuffle all the energy patterns all the, the slightest dynamics between you and everybody else you knew, especially, you know, especially close relationships. You would have to deal differently with everything from boundaries to, you might have to change jobs. You might have to realize this job is disempowering for me. I need to leave here. You might have to face the fact that your family would say, you've changed, and you have to say, that's right, I have. And they get to say, we're not, we, but the change doesn't suit us, and you, get, you would have to say, well, that's okay. And you have to become strong enough to let them hit you with their criticism because you're the one to understand you. Get, it, get the me mechanics straight. If you're the one seeking out higher guidance and on this path, you're the one who has to turn around and say, it's my job to understand you. I'm the one that has left home. All of these dynamics would have to change if you decide, I think I need to deal with the fact that I'm afraid to be whole and healthy. Because if I am, that means I really have to take charge of what I know to be true in terms of consciousness. Like what? Well, I'm going to give you an exam. List a homework assignment. List all the things you know to be true that you claim to be cosmic truths 
that you would have to practice. Now you don't have to practice them. All you need to do is talk them. And it, talking passes as a practice. Chatter pra- passes as a practice in the new age. We can talk about, oh, forgiveness, and we can talk about absolute you know, non-judgment, and we can talk about all these wonderful things, but we don't really have to practice it because talking looks like a practice unto itself. Yes or no? That's right. However, if you decided, you know what, I've got to really start practicing it because it's all part of empowerment. And the fact is, if I really wanted to be an empowered person, I can no longer talk about not judging people. I really have got to live it. That whole leap is a major practice of spiritual discipline. The whole leap of saying, I, won't, I will not judge. I am going to live without judgment. And when I do judge, I'm going to halt. I'm going to pray. I'm going to call my spirit back. I will live. And, and no matter what happens to me, I'm going to bless it and say, I don't know why this happened, but I will not judge it. I will not say this is awful, this is good, this is this. It's very zen. You start practicing these, and, and you don't get to say to yourself anymore, I can't do this because I'm afraid. You have to give up the practice of fear, which you've got to give up the practice of fear. This is how you start taking your life in your hands and you begin to say, I want to create my destiny. I don't want to live my fate. Fate is the result of every time a life, every, every moment, every everything, All the time when the gods are talking to you, saying the slightest thing like, say something nice to that person. And you you hear the message, you feel it in your bones, but you don't. You walk by because you think, what would they say if I said something nice? What do you mean, what would they say if you say something nice? Who's going to turn around and say, don't you say something nice to me? (laughs) What do you mean? You walk away. And you live with this deep sense of regret because somebody, because you'd received that guidance, but you couldn't do it. And then you get to say, I was afraid. And you live with that. You live with that. And that regret hovers in your orbit and hovers in your orbit and hovers in your orbit. Fate is the consequence of then living with what could have been had you chosen otherwise. Destiny, on the other hand, is what you created when the choice came along. These are the two ingredients you have in your life. And if you choose fear, if you cave in to fear, you will only live your fate. You'll never get to that highest potential, not even in peaks. Your destiny is what happens when in you, when you feel when you have that inner instinct when you have those inner guidance hits and they come through and you have the courage to act on them no matter what's going on in the outside 
Because anytime you feel that level of potent guidance coming from within, I assure you, I promise you, if I could make this manifest in front of you, I would do it. But that kind of guidance does not come from anything other than an angelic divine force. And when you're receiving this guidance that says anything, anything from something like as small as say something nice to that person, and you've all gotten guidance like that, haven't you? Absolutely. To um, com- finish unfinished business with someone, all of you have gotten guidance like that. Yes or no? Absolutely. All of you have gotten guidance like put a boundary. You're not, you, you need never to experience that type of anger in your life again. All of you have received guidance like that. Every one of us has. Every one of us. That type of guidance is coming from your deep spiritual reservoir of, of, of literally of survival theology. This is your survival God speaking through your bones. This is what I call the survival theology. Your God of survival coming right through your bones, telling you, stand up and protect yourself. Walk on this earth with courage. Because if you can't, someone will have to lead you, and there goes your destiny. You will only have your fate. And all that does is make you feel cheated. So then you say, I know I was born for something. Yeah, that's what it feels like when you feel cheated. Right there. I know I was born for something. Well, who's stopping you? Look around. The only one stopping you is you. If you live a life blaming someone else, that's only your inability to say, it's really me, but I don't want to face that. If I could offer you some jewels of wisdom that I hope would make a difference in your life, this is, one, drop the word blame from your vocabulary. You are never allowed to blame again. No can do. No more blame. It's a bitter pill, but drop it. Okay? Pay attention to how often you pull a fear out of your pocket as an excuse when you consciously do that to manipulate the world around you. It's like why people don't heal. And when I realized how many people use illness to manipulate, why don't you, I've got a headache. You don't really have a headache, but it works. Okay. How many times do you use fear to pull off the same stunt? And then you realize, if I give this up, I don't know that I want my life to be fearless too much will be expected of me, and I won't be able to expect that much of others. They will rely more on me than I can rely on them. I'm not sure I like that idea. Think about your fear of being empowered and how deeply that might run in your bones. 
But at the end of the day, imagine yourself thinking, I could live a much more dynamic life. I really could. And it doesn't really, it could start now. And I'm not kidding you because psychic energy, spiritual energy is that powerful. It could start this easily. If you decided in your heart to say, that's it, you know what? I, I'm not going to use fear to give me permission to sabotage myself anymore. I'm not going to do it. You just make that promise to yourself. Nobody else has to know about nobody else has to know about that. Only you. You make that one promise to yourself and just start paying attention to how often you let yourself off the hook with with an excuse with fear. And then you decide one day, and I hope you do. You think, I, that's it, I've had it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And one mo- great motivation is when you go home or up to your room, go stand in front of the mirror and look at yourself and remind yourself that time's become your most precious commodity. That's it, gang. We're all we've got. And if I look out at an audience like this, and I look at people like you, and I look at this world, as Stefan was doing this list of the shape our world is in, if we, who are at least working on our inner life, are so afraid, then where is hope? Huh? Then where is hope? We... You, we can't anymore. We, you can't be afraid anymore. Look at the world we live in. It, it's not just the world we live in. I want you to go home and look at your world and think you wouldn't be in spiritual anguish or even the least bit internally rocking if the gods did, weren't saying to you, Will you please let us change and empower your life so we can put you into overdrive? When the day comes for you to leave this planet, I hope you die of exhaustion. (laughs) When I look at people and I see in you this outrageous creative potential, all the conversations I've had with people around the world, and I think to myself, It's not worth you living your life thinking fear of one person criticizing you can hold you back from letting your destiny, determining your destiny on this planet. Honest to God, if I could give you one jewel, it's to put that level of power in your belly that says, I want my life, I want my life to be as full as it could on this earth because I think that's why we were born at this time we are called to this life for a reason and never before has the earth needed us so much Hmm. so if I could hug every one of you I would so remember you can't use the word blame Give up your expectations. Make no judgments. 
give up the need to know why things happen as they do. And you cannot use fear as an excuse anymore. That'll change the quality of your life, I promise you. Absolutely, I promise you. And on that note, I want to thank you for a wonderful few minutes with you, and I'll see you a little bit later this evening. Thank you. This has been a presentation of the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies. Visit us on the web at www.eomega.org.